I get this question a lot is like, do I have to be on TikTok? And it's like a, a have to, not a get to question most of the time. Or like, do I have to do reels? Do I have to be on YouTube shorts? So the short answer to this is no, you don't have to be. And I genuinely, truly believe that showing up on one platform really, really well is so much more beneficial than spreading yourself too thin and showing up in a meh, mediocre way on more platforms. Hey there, and welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. My name is Benita Litvak, and I am so grateful you're here. I'm an ASHA certified speech language pathologist, author, and augmentative and alternative communication consultant who is obsessed with helping SLPs like you stop reinventing the wheel and connect with other SLPs in the trenches. Have you ever wondered how other SLPs seem to be doing it all with ease? Well, around here, you'll get to hear firsthand how SLPs are really getting things done while keeping evidence-based practice and self-care in mind. Think of this as a coffee date with your SLP friends. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while we learn together. Welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. You can follow along on Instagram at SpeechySideUp. This episode is a little different than my other episodes as it's part of an online business conference called SLP Creative Con that took place on March 18th, 2023. It has been made available for free by Tassel Learning. Live conference attendees got to access other amazing perks like a panel discussion with the speakers, discount codes, free handouts like a business planner, a social media audit, a copywriting guide, a content calendar, and so much more. You can still access all of these perks too and the recorded video playbacks and earn 0.7 ASHA CEUs. I'll explain how at the end of this episode with a special gift for Speechy Side Up listeners. But if you can't wait, then just check out the show notes now. Hopefully you're sitting down for this one because you're going to want to write down all of the incredible business tips from the speaker. So grab your pins and get ready to level up your business or creative idea. I'm so pumped for this topic. Social media is so important for businesses. And I love that we have somebody who understands our field. She's also a speech language pathologist and she's really good with social media as well and even has her own social media marketing company. So today we're going to be talking about amplifying your brand voice, social media for SLP business owners. And we have Sarah here to tell us all about it, everything that we need to know for running an SLP related business on and using social media. This is our agenda for this pod course. We are going to go over some introductions and backgrounds. Then we'll talk about getting started on social media as a business. Then we'll discuss the what, when, where, how often to post on social media. Mistakes business owners make on social media. I'm excited for to hear that one. And then <laughs> using short form video as a business, which is so important nowadays. And we'll wrap up with some references and close out. So Sarah, can you come on and go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, so I'm Sarah Bashirs. I am super excited to be here. Um, I'm a speech pathologist and um, I'm 
in my eighth year out of grad school, which feels absolutely impossible. Um, I am the owner and creator of Social Moguls. We're a social media marketing team. Um, we do courses, coaching, and interview management. And um, if you're a speech pathologist, you might have seen me um, on Instagram or in the TPT world as short and sweet speech. That was my first venture into entrepreneurship. Um, I have a passion for teaching a connection and oral care. Um, if you've hung out on short and sweet speech on Instagram at all, you know that, um, I absolutely love increasing awareness of the incredible work that we do as SLPs through my work with social moguls. Um, that is truly like the highlight of everything that I have done in my career. Um, I absolutely love that. I'm a Floridian, a Frenchie mom, and a Friends fanatic whenever I'm not working. I love that. I didn't know you were in Florida as well. What part? Uh, St. Petersburg. Okay. So you're on the West coast. I'm on the East coast. Where? Oh wait, where are you at? I'm like near Fort Lauderdale, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale area. Okay. Awesome. We have to do a meetup sometime. Who could have done this in person? I know. <laughs> so, so do you have a preference nowadays? Are you like, do you want to admit which one you're kind of leaning towards more? Because you wear a lot of hats. Like you have short and sweet speech, TPT. I can say the same thing about myself, but yeah. are you leaning towards one way or the other nowadays? Um, social moguls has taken over my life. <laughs> um, I still worked PRN up until I moved to St. Pete in October. So just like three months ago, I haven't started PRN anywhere here yet. Um, but yeah, social moguls is a full-time gig and, um, I love it. Um, I, I struggled a lot with leaving clinical work initially because I felt like I was like abandoning the patients who need us whenever there's already not enough of us. Um, but I feel like through my work with social moguls, we get to help more SLPs who then can help more patients or clients or students than what I could ever personally do clinically. So, um, yeah, I feel like I have kind of found a calling that I never knew I had. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You're serving the community and then the greater community just in a different way. Yeah. And it doesn't go back to clinical either. Right. Or dip your toe in, you know, each of them. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So my name is Vanita. I am an AAC consultant and early intervention therapist in South Florida as well. <laughs> and I'm on a mission to help SLPs stop reinventing the wheel and connect with other professionals through the Speechy Side Up podcast. My very small private practice strives to support caregivers and becoming confident communication partners. And when I am not doing all things SLP, I'm hanging out with my two-year-old daughter, my husband, and our two doggies. <laughs> All right. I will let you go ahead and do your financial disclosures first, and then I'll do mine. Okay. So, um, I am the owner and founder of social moguls. Um, we do, like I said, social media management coaching, and I offer a course that I receive monetary compensation for all of, um, I'm also the owner and creator of short and sweet speech, um, the blog and the teachers pay teachers store, which, if you purchase anything from me, that goes to me. Um, I'm also a paid influencer for the Medicine Fee Collective, and I receive compensation for sharing content about the collective. Um, I'm also an affiliate for MedBridge, and if you use the code that I have, then I receive a commission for any sales um, with that code. And then non-financial, I'm an ASHA member. 
And then I don't know if you mentioned it here, but you'll be receiving compensation for this presentation as well. Should have mentioned there, but we said it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I have ownership interest in speech site up LLC and Tassel Learning LLC, and I'm an affiliate for Simple Practice and Meaningful Speech, and I receive commission for any sales made with my code. I'm also a member of ASHA. I love simple practice. <laughs> I love it. No, I started using it about like six months ago. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like so comfortable sharing about it, talking about it, because it has made my very little private practice like so much more manageable. And it just mm-hmm. like automates everything. Yeah. <laughs> it is not part of the <laughs> the presentation, but just <laughs> simple practice is amazing for sure. All right. So by the end of the session today, we hope that everyone will be able to identify three considerations for getting started as a brand on social media. Describe the process for determining where, when, and how often to post on social media. List three mistakes to avoid when using social media strategically and describe the value of short form video. All right, let's dive in. So what is the best advice for a brand that is just starting out on social media? Um, so I said that my word of the year this year was release, but I really think that it should be audacity because that is the, this is like the biggest, most valuable advice that I can give anyone who's starting out in, in any business. Um, just having the audacity, have the audacity to try something new, to look silly, even though it feels really uncomfortable, um, to just shoot your shot, to fail, and then to try again. Um, you know, you, like I said, it feels really uncomfortable. So if you can get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable, um, you're going to make so much more progress. Um, I feel like, you know, action breeds clarity. And so if you can just start moving and start putting one foot in front of the other, you're going to learn so much more than, you know, taking, and I'm like, a course hoarder. Like I take all of the courses and I like download all of the freebies, but none of that does us any good until we start putting it into action. And so, um, each time that you attempt something new, whether it's, you know, a post on social media, or if you're getting into reels, each time you do it, even if it's not great and maybe it totally flops, it gets you closer to having the performance that you want and reaching the goal that you have for producing that content. Um, you know, if we think about motor learning, it's the same way. Um, it, you know, for our clients, if we're working with someone on articulation, each time they attempt that sound, they're learning more and more about what their mouth should be doing. And it's getting them closer to producing that target sound. And I think that can be said for anything that we're doing. Um, you know, whether it's a new workout that you're trying or something new that you're doing in your business. Um, I have certainly seen that in my course launches. The first one was really bad (laughs) and I learned a little something along the way and, um, more and more pieces kind of came together. And the more that I do it, the better that it becomes. Um, so, uh, yeah, just getting, getting comfortable feeling uncomfortable. And I, I figured out that whenever I feel uncomfortable, I recognize that as, okay, I'm doing something right. Because 
if I feel comfortable and I'm in my comfort zone, we're not growing. And as a new business, that's, that's not where you want to be. Um, remember that whatever you're trying for the first time, it's not going to be perfect and it's not supposed to be your first time and that's okay. Um, and I feel like in social media, you know, for the most part, what you posted last week, people aren't really remembering this week, unless it was something that was just like massively valuable and they decided to save it. Um, so if you post something and it totally flops, it's okay because people move on to the next thing (laughs) in a day or two. Um, and then stop waiting to feel ready because you're not going to, you will never feel like, okay, I've done all the prep work and I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to, you know, make my first post or I'm ready to make my first reel or whatever it is, because by the time you have like, um, marinated on it enough and thought it over and planned it out and maybe rehearsed it, the goal has changed. Social media moves so quickly and, um, you know, like whatever it is that, you know, if it's a trend that you're trying to prep yourself to get on camera and do, you just have to do it. You're never going to feel ready. You just have to put one foot in front of the other and make it happen because by the time you feel ready, the rest of the world has moved on to something else. Um, so audacity, (laughs) that is my, my biggest advice. Um, my, entire business is built on audacity. Um, the audacity to think that I can build a business, that I can make a business out of social media. Um, the audacity to show up in an arena or like an online space that no one invited me to. Um, the audacity to say, hey, I deserve a spot here. I deserve to play this game. I know what I'm doing enough to be in this game. And, um, you know, just the audacity to make the ask to pitch, to shoot my shot. One of my, um, very first paying clients, I sent her a voice message on Instagram that I recorded like six times before I hit send. And it was just, Hey, I'm starting this business and, you know, I've been a big supporter of your business for so long. And, you know, I'm such a fan and I would absolutely love to support you in social media if you need anyone. And she didn't tell me this at the time, but a, a, like a year and a half later, she said, that is one of the reasons that I hired you is because you had the audacity to shoot your shot and to reach out and say, you know, I'm doing this. And like, just that boldness um, really like spoke to her. So there's a lot that that can come from those leaps of faith. So um, whether it's, you know, finally showing up on reels or on stories, or just maybe it's, maybe it's just creating your page, um, have the audacity and like, just put one foot in front of the other and start because you will get so much further, so much faster, and you will learn so much more um, by taking that approach. I love that so much. (laughs) And it's funny that you have your word of the year release, and then you're thinking it might be audacity because I feel like they're so very different, but I think maybe you should go with audacity this year because I definitely feel like that's relevant to your business, 
your business model and how you come would come across to your clients. But some you said so many like poignant things. And then it made me just think about like how confidence comes with experience and like showing up consistently. I personally just thinking like through this journey that I've had, like with my businesses and social media, I used to loathe social media. Like I used absolutely hate it so much. And now I, I love it. Like I love it just for myself. And I personally would rather like handle everything myself, like the captions and all of that, because I have not thought of it as like something I have to do anymore. I thought of it more as like something that allows me to connect with people that listen to the podcast and people that like support my business. So that having that perspective has just really shifted that for me, because if I just thought of it as like something that I had to do in order to grow my business, then there's no why there. There's nothing that like really drives me to do it. So I know you're going to get into that as we go on to like how, you know, social media is meant to be social, like think about how you're using it just for your personal accounts and connecting with family members and stuff and posting like your personal pictures. Why should it be any different for your business page? Obviously, like you need to know who you're speaking to, but you should be connecting with them as well. So I just love this, this whole suggestion. I think it's a really important one and not one that people would typically think about when you're starting out on social media. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the time you'd be like, get your name, get your bio set. But I love (laughs) how this is just like very practical. And it really is like the most important thing, like just making sure that you're showing up and not being afraid to grow on social media and fail on social media. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about, you know, showing up like to connect and that is like (laughs) also one of my biggest pieces of advice and I'll touch on it more later, but I mean, that that's the whole point of social media is connection. And if you look at it from that standpoint, instead of like all of the technicalities of it, if you just show up to connect with the people that you serve, you got it. (laughs) And like, I don't know how you feel about this too, but there's been this major shift for me. Like when I first started on social media, it was like, grow your following, grow your following, grow your following. Now I could care less if my following grows because I'm like, I get to connect with the people that are already on there. And I know that I only get shown to so many people, but that's kind of how I feel like when I put out content nowadays, I'm just like, whoever's interacting with it, that's who I'm speaking to. Like, I don't care if it goes viral. I don't care if it reaches like 500 people. All I care is that it reached one and that it resonated with them and it helped them in some way. And I think, again, if you can think of it that way, it kind of takes the pressure off of like social media because bigger is not always better. (laughs) And that's something I've just kind of like learned along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always tell, you know, whenever I have clients, they're like, well, when do you think, you know, 10,000 followers used to be like the milestone? Yeah. I'm like, well, when do you think we can get there? And I'm like, well, first of all, I, I, I do have good intuition, but it's not that good. And, um, it really, that doesn't really matter. You do, you, 
you get so much further if you have, you know, an audience of 50 people who you're really serving, who are really connecting with what you're posting, who they're your ideal client or your ideal customer versus having 50,000 that don't really care what you have to say, aren't really invested. They're never going to book with you or buy from you or, um, they're never going to convert from a follower to a customer or client. And I think I have this somewhere else in the presentation, but if, if that's not happening, then you just have a hobby and that's okay to have a hobby. But if that's not your goal, then we need to adjust. And so, um, I totally, totally agree that, you know, it's not even, it's not even a numbers game whenever it comes to stuff like that. Like, as long as what you're posting is reaching the people that it's, you know, meant for your ideal client and it's resonating with them and you're making that connection, then that content's doing its job. Yeah. Yep. Such a great point. All right. So let's move on to the next one. So how do you know when to post where and how often? Okay. So my first, (laughs) I I get this question a lot is, you know, what should I, a lot of, a lot of business owners are like, I don't know what to post. And, um, so there's actually, there's a freebie that everyone gets that is a free content calendar that answers that question for you. But a lot of people want to know what do I post and, you know, what time should I post and where all should I be posting and how often do I need to post? And the question that so many people forget that you absolutely have to start with is who are you posting for? And so um, not too long ago, I had a new client come on and we were going through um, like her brand voice and just really like getting laser focused on all of these questions. Right. And she had an idea for content and I was like, well, let's go back to your ideal client because is this content serving them or is this content that you would find valuable? Because we're not posting for you. We're not posting, um, you know, if you have a private practice, you're not posting for SLPs, you're posting for parents and caregivers. Now, if you have a business that you serve SLPs, then it makes sense to post content that's valuable for them and not really for the caregiver or the parent. Um, So really, really getting laser focused on who you post for, like that will just amplify the effectiveness of your content so incredibly much more than what you're posting, when, where, and how often you're posting. Um, Can I comment on that? Yeah. Okay. So you probably see this And I don't know if this is one of like the mistakes that you, I don't think it is one of your mistakes that you mentioned later on, but a lot of brands and businesses post like their accolades, which I don't think is a problem. I used to do that as a type three Enneagram achiever. I used to do that. And I was like, why are these not resonating with people? And then I had a business coach and they were helping me out with social media and they pointed out exactly what you're saying. Like, who are you posting for? People only want to know, like, what are you, what kind of value are you providing them? So when you're posting that you got this award and you got the ACE award and you did this in your business and that, and that 
that does nothing to provide value to them, except maybe put you in like an, a more expert position. But it, if they hear that over and over and over again, then like it could be a huge turnoff. So do you see that a lot like in our field? Um, I, I see this like mismatch of who they serve and who they're posting for. Mm. Um, and, and I think that is some of it. I mean, I think, you know, if you get an ACE award that absolutely deserves to be celebrated, but think about, you know, so I go back to private practice a lot. Um, think about like, if you're posting these accolades and these awards, like what, what does that do for the parents of the kiddos that you serve or for, you know, if you serve adults, like the caregivers who maybe it's their spouse or maybe, you know, it's their adult child who has now become the caregiver, like put yourself in their lens and think about how like that resonates with them. And then like, let that drive how often you post that because yes, it's great. And like, it does help them to see you as the expert and like the authority figure in your area, but it doesn't, I don't think that that builds connection. Um, and like we said, like, that's what, that's what we want. Um, so I think, I think a healthy amount of it is good, but 1000% agree. And I actually have this in my notes, um, that people, they don't care about your story. They care about how you can help them be the hero of their own. Um, and that, is Donald Miller. Um, He does story brand marketing. And I listened to his book. Um, I think it's just, I think it's just the story brand is the name of his book. 10 out of 10. Um, But he really like dives into how we are not, yeah, how um, we are not like the hero. Ah, Yeah, you have it. Building a story brand. (laughs) <laughs> the book guys and we talk about it with Kristen uh Bowers too in her presentation but I think it's it's relevant for both because she's talking more about like having a brand identity and you're talking this can apply to like caption writing for social media and how you come across in social media so definitely obviously if like people were not convinced in Kristen's like now <laughs> they should be convinced this is like one of the top books you should get as a business owner yeah Yeah. And so whenever I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is mostly like websites and emails and like sales page, but you can apply the, like the concepts to social media too. Um, you know, he talks a a lot about being the hero's guide. And I think it's really, really important to remember that, that we are not the hero of the story. We are guiding whoever our ideal client is to be the hero of their own story. And whenever you keep that in mind, you're going to resonate more. You're going to um, build more trust. And we know that people have to like you, know you, trust you before they'll ever book with you. Um, So yeah, I think that that is like a huge um, mismatch that I see a lot is, you know, positioning us as the hero whenever really we should be making our ideal client the hero of the story. Yeah, no, that's such a good point and and a great way to illustrate like what we were talking about with the who. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so I'm going to harp on this just a little bit more. (laughs) So, um, Ellen Yen, um, if you haven't ever heard of her, she's at Miss Ellen Yen on Instagram and she has been a phenomenal mentor for me. And she taught me about the power of one. Um, and so the idea is that you help one person solve one problem with your one solution. And whenever you can do that, your business becomes more focused and you're able to really like drive into whatever this one solution is and really like help that one person instead of being scattered and trying to have all of these solutions and helping all of these people. And whenever you're speaking or marketing to everyone, you're speaking to no one. Um, because it's really easy for people to disqualify themselves and say, "Mm, I don't really think that's for me. But whenever you have it laser focused, I know I keep saying that, but like (laughs) really dialed in to who you're speaking to, it's almost like your social media is their thoughts. And whenever you can like get in their head like that and they read your caption, they're like, oh my gosh, she knows me. How did, how does she know me? And then you are the undeniable choice for them. Um, so whenever I first learned that I was like, you know, I wanted to do a course and I wanted to do management and I wanted to do coaching and I wanted to do email marketing and I wanted to do all the things because I wanted to grow my business. Right. But she helped me see that like you get so much better at this one thing if you just focus on it and then you truly do become the expert in that for your ideal client. And so, you know, going back to private practice, um, that will help set you apart from other clinics in your area. Um, or, you know, if you're selling a product and you're really focused on how that product helps your ideal client to alleviate whatever their pain point is, then that is going to set you apart from other people who have possibly, you know, another solution for that problem for them. Um, but whenever you, are speaking directly to them, it makes it just undeniable for them that you're the choice, that you're the person that they want to go with. Um, And so in working with my clients, we talk a lot about, you know, building your ideal client avatar. And basically it's just like detailing who this ideal person is that you're speaking to, um, this one person that you're serving. And there's a lot of questions about, you know, where do they shop and what's their education level? And, um, you know, do they like Starbucks or Dunkin'? Do they like red wine or white wine? Like all of those questions are fun, but, and, and they're good information to have, um, because you can, you can slip little things like that into your captions or into your stories that help them feel like your online bestie. Um, but the two questions that you should really be asking is, you know, if you have an idea of who you serve, what is their greatest pain point and why? Always ask why. How does it make them feel? What emotions does it evoke? And then what is their greatest desire and why again? (laughs) But then also how can you help them get from this pain point to this greatest desire? And so, um, you know, if a, a parent's 
pain point is like they're worried about their kiddo, like not meeting milestones or, you know, maybe falling behind in school and their greatest desire as a parent is to see their child be successful, you know, not just educationally, but also socially with peers and to feel included. And you are the solution as a speech pathologist between point A and B. And so if you can figure that out about whoever it is that you serve, um, and then you show them again, you're the hero's guide, how you can guide them from point A to point B, that is where you will be most successful. Um, in whatever content you're producing, whether that's your website or your email or social media. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks. And <laughs> what would you say to someone who is like maybe discouraged about going on social media or posting on social media due to businesses that are similar, like a competitive business that is similar. Like if there was another social media marketing for SLPs, like how do you handle something like that? Um, so whenever I very first started doing social media, I really wanted to do social media for Airbnbs because I was like, oh, I could travel everywhere. And and there were a lot of people doing that. And so, um, I kind of had to figure out like how, how do I like get over that? And I wish that I could remember where I learned this farmer who told me this, but basically no one, um, is going to do what you do like you do. And there are things about you that people are going to connect with that they will not connect with in the same way to whoever your competition is. And I firmly, truly, deeply believe that there's enough for everyone that, you know, there's enough business for all of us, that there's enough clients for all of us. Um, And the people, whenever you show your authentic, true, genuine self, the people who are meant to work with you are going to resonate with that. And they're going to be, it's like a magnet, like they're going to be drawn to you. Um, and so I always say like, show your weird, like your, your group of weirdos will find you (laughs) whenever you show people you're weird. (laughs) Um, so it, it can be discouraging, but you just have to know that like you bring something to the table that other people don't because you've lived a unique life and you're a unique human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I love that. I heard that too. I want to say I heard it my version of that from like Rachel Hollis when she used to talk about that. But um I think it's a little harder too when there's like one person mm-hmm. doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember when I like first started on social media I wanted to talk about AAC, but there was like one person, one SLP really doing it at the time. And they were like, you know, known for that. So it almost feels like you're like copying them Mm -hmm. when you start talking about it. But you, like you said, you have so much to offer and the way you say it is going to be completely different. And I think Mm -hmm. one way like I kind of got over that is I like silenced what they were putting out because I wanted my blinders on like I wanted to put my head down and like do the work and not be influenced by like what they were doing and eventually like you know revealed them again and we like have collaborated since then but that might be like one way to start I don't know what your thoughts are on about that 
no, I completely agree with that. Um, whenever you're first starting out, like I've heard people say, you know, like look at your competitors content and see like what they're doing well and like what the gaps are and what they're doing. But I feel like that is for a later stage, whenever you're first starting out, truly, like if there is that one person or, you know, a couple of people that you feel like are doing the same thing as you, I would not follow them. Um, and I don't like fall down the rabbit hole of obsessing over their page and like their reels views and all of that, because that doesn't, that's not going to help you at all. And it's also going to like, I feel like that makes imposter syndrome so much greater and it just like leaves you paralyzed, um, and prevents you from taking the first step, you know, moving forward. So I totally agree with that. Awesome. Oh, so good. All right. Anything else you want to talk about here or do we want to move on? Um, so as far as like when and where I would just really consider who your ideal client is. So if you're posting for, um, you know, parents of like toddlers, like how old are they? And look at, you know, is that age group? Are they more on Facebook? Are they more on Instagram? Are they more on TikTok? Um, where are you going to find them at? And then also, um, you do so much better by showing up somewhere that you're a little bit more comfortable versus like trying to learn a whole new platform and learning how to do social media for a business at the same time. So if the answer to that question is a platform that you are not comfortable with at all, don't feel like you have to be there. You know, you don't have to be on TikTok dancing and doing whatever if that's not somewhere that like you feel is authentic to your brand. Um, and then how often, so there is something to be said for posting every single day, but if the cost of higher quantity is lower quality, it's not worth it. Um, I have someone on my team who helps me with my social media. And so there's some days that we can post twice a day. Um, Before I had her, I was posting like three times a week and that's okay. Um, Don't feel, you know, pressure to show up X amount of times because some guru told you that you had to. Um, So as often as sustainably possible to produce quality content. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's something I'm... I've struggled with ever since having my baby Yeah, <laughs> and I hate like making that excuse, but like, it kind of rocked my world, the postpartum. Yeah. Um, and then like showing up to be a mom, but then showing up like for my audience was like really difficult. And that's my goal this year is just being very consistent and still struggling. So I guess I have all year to like work on that. I was yeah. like on a roll last week with posting every day while she napped. And then we ended up getting childcare. So now I can go see my private clients again. So I don't have that nap time to do the videos anymore. So I was just thinking today, I'm like, all right, I got to find a new time that I can actually show up consistently every day, whether it's like right after she goes to bed or like after I do my morning routine. So to be continued, (laughs) we'll figure out when that time is going to be. It's always fluid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And just, yeah, giving yourself grace too. But like, if we're looking at what is going to move the needle, like these are really great 
suggestions for sure. And I wanted to talk about like really quickly give an example of like the when and where. So I have my speechy site up account that primarily speaks to speech language pathologists, but then I have my private practice account for early intervention that primarily speaks to families of birth to three. What I post when I post is completely different. And that's why I had to end up like separating them. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I found is like, I can post and you might may or may not, may not agree with this, but personally for my audience, like I always post at night for speech, my speech language pathologist, but when I post at night for my families, dead silence, literally yeah. nothing. If I posted at like six in the morning, always had great engagement. It was something about like parents, I guess, going to bed early or just checking out like after the kids are put to bed. And then in the morning, they're up super early. They're on there. So I just thought that that was like super interesting and just one case study example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. I mean, that's like real life stuff. And, um, you know, I think for most people, your ideal customer, your ideal client is like a previous version or maybe even like a current version of yourself. And so think about your lifestyle and, you know, do you have more time in the evening or, you know, are you on Instagram scrolling before the kids get up in the morning? Um, and then, you know, try it out and then look at your analytics and see what's working and what's not. Yeah. I yeah. That's very real life information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like your suggestion that they're similar to like your previous or your current, like, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it it's helpful because we change so much, right? So like, my identity is different than it was four years ago. Like, I'm not no longer speaking to, you know, people that are maybe you're just out of grad school that don't have kids, like my lifestyle is so vastly different now. So I have to like adjust for that too. But that's a good suggestion. I didn't really think about that. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> getting free advice on this. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So what are the top mistakes that you see brands making on social media? So the first we've already, this is kind of like my soapbox is the who, um, <laughs> um, we've obviously talked about that a lot, but really kind of that mismatch in what they're posting and who they're posting it for. And, um, I did a post not too long ago that was like, stop posting content that you think is funny if your ideal client doesn't think it's funny. Stop posting content that you think is engaging or relatable or shareable or whatever if your ideal client doesn't think that. And so um, there's usually some overlap because like I said, like a lot of times we are, our, our ideal client is a previous version of ourselves. Um, so there will be some overlap, but like, for example, I have worked in acute and, um, I worked in the COVID unit. Um, both of my parents have passed. So like my sense of humor is probably a little bit darker than other people's. So I'm not going to post that stuff on my business page because that's not like who most of my followers are. Um, or, you know, if you're like really into, I don't know, like pickleball, but that's not a thing that like the parents of your private practice or your community, it's not a big thing in your community with parents, then like maybe that stays on your personal page. So really just um, ignoring the who of their strategy, that is like the biggest. 
And I think it's the most foundational mistake that you can make um, because that the who really does drive everything else that you do. Um, And without that, you're kind of, you know, you may be driving your, your, your business car in a totally different direction from where you want it to go. Um, and then number two, we touched on this earlier, but keeping it social, um, you know, not posting and ghosting. I used to do this and, uh, <laughs> it makes me cringe now, but so posting and ghosting is essentially where you get on social media and you post and then you get off and you're not there to interact or engage with people. Um, and then, you know, forgetting that your audience didn't come to socials to be sold to. So, um, you know, people come for connection. They come for entertainment. They come for a sense of community. They come to learn things. They don't usually come to social media to get sold for or sold to, sorry. Um, and like, there's a whole like shopping tab specifically for that. So there are some people who are shopping through social media, but whenever we're talking about the content on your feed or in your reels or in your stories, they didn't come to be sold to. So there's a way to sell that you're selling through connection and you're selling, um, like as a way of serving them. Um, I think of like, I don't even know where I heard this analogy from, but like if your friend was sitting next to you and had a headache and you had Tylenol in your purse and they told you that they had a headache, you would offer them the Tylenol, right? So if your friend is sitting next to you, or maybe it's a parent in your community and they're telling you about how they're concerned about their kiddo, you know, not meeting their milestones, or maybe they're not talking yet. Um, and you have the skill of speech therapy, you would offer that to them. So you're like serving them um, versus just like selling them. Um, And so I think that it's important to remember that that connection though, that comes first. Um, And (laughs) like the third point, do what we do best, connect with others. And, um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of strategy behind what I do for clients, but sometimes I have to say, okay, you know what, we're going to like set all of that down and we're just going to interact with people. We're going to just create connections. And that really is like the foundation. That is the starting point of, um, every client or transaction. Um, I think I have this in here somewhere. Um, but so people have to know you, before they can like you, they have to like you before they can trust you. And they have to trust you before they will buy from you or book with you. And so, um, building that connection is the first step in the no like trust. And so, um, just remembering that like whenever the strategy gets overwhelming or, you know, all of the trends can get overwhelming, going back to the very basics of keeping social media, social, Um, that will serve you so well and take you so much further. Um, Oh, do what? No, I was just saying, absolutely. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then never selling. So again, if we go back to the Tylenol analogy, 
I would be really upset if, you know, my friend had this Tylenol and I have a raging headache and she didn't offer it. Um, so the same is the same can be said for, you know, whatever service or product you have. Um, if you're not selling on social media on your business account, then, you know, it's just a hobby and it's a really time consuming hobby at that. And so, um, it's important. And I know selling can feel cringy, but like I was talking about earlier, like there's a way to do it in a way that like you're, you're truly serving people instead of, Hey, buy this, you know, like there's, you can go about it in a way that like, they thank you for making that pitch or for, you know, saying I have this product or service. Here's how you can buy or book. Um, but again, that all starts with keeping it social and knowing who you're speaking to. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. I like what you said here that, you know, we would SLPs do best connect with others. And it made me think about just building rapport, right? Like that's like the number one thing in therapy, like start to build rapport first. So it makes sense that you would want to do that with your social media accounts too. And I think like, if we keep bringing it back to like speech therapy and like terminology that speech therapists are familiar with, then that's like super, that we can find that connection that way. Right. So that's a great tip. I like that. And I think that it's funny because it definitely can become like an, not like a time consuming hobby for sure. I remember like when I was like first starting out, I was trying to promote a book series that I had co-authored with somebody and we were speaking to two different audiences. We were speaking to parents and we were speaking to speech language pathologists our parents Mm -hmm. at the time were not hanging out on Instagram this was like six years ago or maybe we weren't finding them in the right spots Mm -hmm. so we noticed like the speech language pathologists were like gravitating towards our account more and then we said okay like it would be great to start a podcast to like help promote the book series and Beachy Side Up was born (laughs) and it's kind of evolved because no longer am I co or co-hosting it with Kim anymore? And no longer are we like selling this book series, but it became this like place to build rapport and serve speech language pathologists. And then it became a very time consuming hobby because I wasn't selling anything. I was just putting out podcast episodes for a very long time. And that's when I like realized, okay, like I love doing this so much, but also like I got to make a living as well. And, you know, my husband isn't getting my time after like my full-time job because I'm up until 11 producing podcasts and putting out all this content. So it is something that like, you definitely have to keep in mind and not get like caught up in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, it, it is, it can be so time consuming and especially, you know, if you are enjoying doing it, and you want to spend time doing it. But I think it's important to remember, like, is this a hobby or is it a business? Is this something that I'm doing for fun? Or is this how I am like feeding my family, you know? And so there's a very fine line between those sometimes, because like, I do love what I do. And I, I love making content that helps people and that connects with people and, um, you know, shows who I am. 
But also if I'm not ever saying also, in addition to all of this great free information I'm giving you, I have, you know, this resource that you can purchase or this course that you can purchase, or you can book a call with me or, you know, if I'm not doing that, then it is just a hobby. And that's okay if that's what you want it to be. Um, but that's not the purpose of this talk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's different types of businesses too, right? Like there's a service-based business, a product-based business. Is there another type? I'm sure there is. Probably like, (laughs) yeah, I think those are probably like the main two. And so that's like where it can get tricky too. Like if you're selling a product, then you're clearly selling, but when it becomes like a service, like there's that fine line of like wanting to serve people and be helpful, but also like needing to make an income for the services that you provide. And yeah. So ultimately, like I was able to still do the podcast, but people had kept suggesting like, oh, it'd be so great if we could get CEUs for these episodes for just listening. So I'm really proud that we were able to become an ASHA provider, but like still not have a paywall up for people to get access to evidence-based information. Like even this conference is going to be available for free on the podcast, but obviously we have so much other value that people get out of like registering and being able to attend live today. So yeah, it's just, it's cool. Like how you can do something that you really enjoy doing. Um, but like also connect with people and like keep it social and, and turn it into a business. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of like the dream, right? Yeah. Um, it makes the Sunday scaries a whole lot less frequent and it makes just life more enjoyable. And so I, I do feel like I'm very lucky, you know, whenever you, that I found that. Yeah. Like you're so creative and you've taken like both of your worlds combined speech language pathology and your passion for social media and marketing. I think that's amazing. Yeah. It's the dream most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and people can see that too. Like that's why people, you know, are hiring and paying you for what you do because they can see that you're passionate and you're really good at it. So that's amazing. And we only want the same for everybody else who's like attending here. That's why we're putting this like conference on just, you know, everybody has a creative bone in their body. And if they're not happy and they feel stuck, like we wanted to be able to provide people with options, like you can still be a speech therapist and do things that you really enjoy doing. Yes. Absolutely. And yeah, I love that you said like, we want the same for everyone else. Like that is something that I, I never like, not that I was doing this business for like selfish reasons, but I never anticipated how much joy I would get from seeing these companies and these private practices and these brands that I work with just like kill it on social media and what happens as a result of that. Um, And so that, yeah, that's what I want, like for not just the brands that I work with, but for SLPs, because we're good people. Um, So totally, totally agree. Yeah. And you don't learn this stuff in grad school. So it's, it's great. And, you know, she, Sarah puts out so much great free information on her social media account. So like, we're going to put your social media handle at the end of this for people to follow you, but you know, they're going to, they're going to get a lot of value just out of that. If not, you know, this presentation as well. Yeah. Awesome. 
So let's talk about short form video and whether all brands need to be doing TikToks and reels and YouTube shorts, where is like the most important place they should be showing up? Um, so the most important place that you can be showing up is wherever your ideal client is hanging out and wherever you feel most important. And so, uh, or most important, sorry, most comfortable, (laughs) that is the most important is where you feel most comfortable. Um, but so I get, I get this question a lot is like, do I have to be on TikTok? And it's like a, a have to, not a get to question most of the time or like, do I have to do reels? Do I have to be on YouTube shorts? And um, don't let anyone tell you that you have to do anything in your business because we don't become business owners. We don't start a business to be told that we have to do, you know, anything maybe except for by ASHA or like insurance. (laughs) Um, But so the short answer to this is no, you don't have to be. And I genuinely, truly believe that showing up on one platform really, really well is so much more beneficial than spreading yourself too thin and showing up in a mediocre way on more platforms. So this kind of goes back to, you know, how often do you post? Well, as, as often as sustainable to produce quality content. Um, but there is huge, huge, huge value in this short form video. And so short form video is just basically anything that's a minute or less. Um, I think, I think TikTok has now like removed the time limit or it's like 10 minutes or something like really, really long. Um, and I'm interested to see how that plays out because I think the value of short form video is really like you can cram so much into this like 15 second clip. Um, you know, like I follow Erin O'Brien. She makes these like phenomenal recipes and I've learned to cook so many different things from her reels. Um, obviously there's like a great caption that goes with it and like gives you all the ingredients and whatever, but the reel is what like grabs my attention and makes me like want to read the caption and want to learn how to make this recipe. Um, I see SLPs making phenomenal reels showing like how to do different, like, like play-based therapy or, you know, different activities or, um, examples of like different skills that like children develop as they get older. Um, and so, you can learn so much in such a short amount of time. And, you know, people want that instant gratification. They want, you know, I feel like Amazon prime has like spoiled all of us because (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I used to live in Destin and it was like two day delivery, but now living in St. Pete, I can get like whatever I want delivered tomorrow morning. And now that's my expectation. (laughs) And so, um, you know, we want that instant gratification. We want what we want and we want it now. And so short form video gives people that it gives them entertainment and education and it makes them feel seen and heard, but in, you know, such a tiny short amount of time. Um, and I feel like that, that helps people like to feel seen and to feel like, Um, you get them whenever you're able to like meet those desires, meet those needs. Um, Another amazing thing about it is 
<laughs> and some people will think that this is the worst part about it, but um, showing your face and letting them hear your voice, uh, because those truly are the most valuable branding assets that you have. There's no one else in the entire world that has those. No one else in the entire world that is probably even close to <laughs> what you look like and what you sound like and, you know, your personality. Um, and people are really able to connect with you and to like, um, like get a vibe for you and decide if like you're like them or not, whenever you're showing up in video and showing your face and your voice. Um, and it, I will be the first to say it's not comfortable at first, uh, for most people. And that's okay. Cause remember, we're going to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, so, um, but it, it is hugely, hugely valuable. And, you know, there, if you're doing TikTok or reels or YouTube shorts, there's also something to be said for repurposing your content. And so, um, you can create something in reels or on TikTok and you can share that same content to all three. And then you're showing up in more than one place. Um, you're kind of developing that omnipresence. Um, and you know, these can even be posted to Facebook. Facebook's doing reels too now. Um, so don't think that just because like you're, you're doing short form video on one, like that can be spread out to all of them. Um, so you're getting a whole lot more bang for your buck and, you know, people are able to connect with you in more places than one that way. Um, let's see. Oh, I, I put in the people have to know you before they can like you like you before they can trust you again. So that must be really important <laughs> if I put it in there twice. Um, but video and, um, you know, not just showing your face and your voice, but like people get to see a little bit more of your personality through video than they do through like a graphic that you made and a caption that you wrote. Um, so there are tons and tons and tons of benefits to it, but <clears throat> And, and I would encourage you to get uncomfortable if this is something that feels uncomfortable or intimidating. Um, but also if this is like a hard no for you, that's okay too. Like you can still grow on social media, um, even without doing short form video. Yeah, no, it's been interesting to see some of the speech language pathology accounts that have done that very well and like have never even revealed themselves. I mean, some have tried and were not successful, but some have done it very successfully. So I like, um, she's an EI therapist. I can't remember the name right now. I don't, maybe that says something if I can't remember <laughs> the name, but, um, or the AAC coach. I mean, she eventually like started showing her face when she started speaking and doing public speaking. But uh, yeah, I mean, for a while, they like just did it with a character. I, mean, I guess that has some personal element to it that maybe people can connect with. And yeah. it's not solely just like a brand, but I think yeah. these are awesome suggestions and it makes it feel less intimidating. The fact that you can like repurpose that content to across the platforms. Yeah. I'm a big fan of repurposing content. Um, there's a, an account that I follow that I was like really learning a lot from. And I noticed that she had posted the same thing, like the exact same thing, but changed the colors on the graphic. And so I was like, huh. And I scrolled back. She had posted the same thing like six times 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's actually really smart because knowing what we know about the algorithm, we know that not everyone's going to see it the first time you post it. So yeah. um, big fan of repurposing content. It's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I was going to ask you, you like read my mind. Cause I just saw <laughs> Brock Johnson, like post about that recently, like reposting your top reel, but I'm too scared to do it. But now like hearing it from you, I'll, I'll give it a try. <laughs> do it. Do it. Make it it. work smarter for you, not harder. (laughs) I will try it this week and let you, I'll DM you and let you know how it goes. Yeah. And anybody else here, like if you want to try it, repost something that you posted before that worked out really well and um, message Sarah. I'm sure she would love to hear the feedback. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I would love that. (laughs) Awesome. So you mentioned, yeah, Ellen, you mentioned Donald. Do we talk about Alex at all? Um, so Alex Catoni, she is a phenomenal copywriter. She actually won like marketer of the year in 2022. She's just, she's amazing. And she's really good, um, with helping you like learn how to write in a way that really connects with your audience. Um, so I don't think I mentioned anything specific about her in here, but these three people, um, are probably the biggest influences for me learning marketing and social media. Awesome. I wasn't following the first two, so I'm very excited to check them out. Thank you for that. Yeah. And then you have your website, social email here. We also have our information in case people have questions about like ASHA requirements or the course itself. And we will save the questions for the panel discussion coming up. But Sarah, this has been incredible. Thank you so much. I've learned so much today. And I know this is going to be super helpful for other SLP entrepreneurs and creators. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, my DMs are always open. So if anybody has questions or needs a little pep talk. Uh, some of my coaching clients say that I give them gentle shoves. So <laughs> if you, if you need some encouragement. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Wasn't that amazing? This episode is part of an online business conference event called SLP Creative Con. As a reminder, listening to this podcast episode does not automatically guarantee ASHA CEUs. If you want to earn 0.1 ASHA CEUs for this episode or up to 0.7 ASHA CEUs for all of the episodes, plus the perks like handouts, video playbacks, discount codes, then you still have a chance to register using the link in the show notes. And as a bonus, I'm throwing in a free webinar on how to build income stability with a side hustle, as well as a top business books list into the exhibit hall for you. So just to summarize, in order to earn ASHA CEUs, first register for the conference with the link in the show notes, or you can go to www.tasseltogether.com and you'll see the SLP Creative Con tab. Then you'll be able to access the course feedback survey, quiz, and earn your certificate. Then please submit all required materials no later than June 18th, 2023. Thank you so much for listening. I'm giving you a virtual high five for becoming your own boss and going after your business dreams.